Des Clark in studio, the former Bear father, son, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, author, and uh, uh, just what I saw you post on LinkedIn this week, and, and Des, you do insurance, you're, all, you're a businessman, you're all over the place, uh, and, and, I, and I love it. You, you put the F post out there, how you were coming into the NFL, and people didn't think that Des Clark was going to do anything. You had a grade, I believe, of 37, the old 37, <laughs> and, and you want to be, what, in the 80s? Is that right? I have no clue. But you were... I, you, don't, you don't want to be a 37. You, you were far from it, um, and yet you somehow went on to be the second all-time leading receiver at the tight end position in the history of the Chicago Bears after starting a career with the Denver Broncos. Uh, how did you, I, I'm curious, like, where was the mindset that you were able to have confidence in yourself? And, like, and I know you're trying to bring that to people mm-hmm. nowadays. Well, actually, I didn't have um, confidence in myself when I first went to the NFL. And I didn't know that I graded as a 37. Actually, it was because of this young lady right here, um, my, my lady, my stepson. They were all at the table saying how tall they were. And everybody was giving themselves another inch, inch and a half. And I said, I can prove my height. And I went to my com- I said, combine stats. And this is my first time ever going to look at this. And when I got there, I see this big, fat, red F. And it just stopped me in my tracks. It's like, are you serious? I, I scored an F in the combine? And I scored a 37. So, But that had nothing to do with my confidence. When I got to Denver, two-time Super Bowl champion, I'm playing behind a, a future Hall of Famer and two um, uh, Pro Bowl tight ends who they eventually made the Pro Bowls. That's a hell of a that's well, a great start. And you why get, did why did you start, Carm? What, yeah, go ahead. What, did you get a detailed explanation of why you got an F? No, this I just I just figured this out like a couple weeks ago. So this is brand new. Like literally, they were sitting at the table saying that they were like five five and six feet, and I was like, none of y'all are telling the truth. And then I looked it up, and wow. you you were playing behind Shannon Sharp, who by the way I saw at the Super Bowl, and I had a brawl about Michael and LeBron over, and and I don't know why Shannon Sharp doesn't realize that Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time, but he doesn't, and people make these errors in life, and I can't help them, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> but that that's uh, you know it's a super confident guy. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And but you know why he's super confident. Go ahead. Is because he worked harder than anyone else. That's why. So and, that's a preparing to fail or not preparing to fail is failing to prepare. Whatever, whatever I just tried to say there. But, <laughs> but bottom line is, having your, you know that you have all your ducks in a row, when, and so you can be. When you put in that type of work, like he put in, when I got there and I see him work out and I see him practice, when you put in that type of work, when it's time to go out and perform, you're, you're confident and you start to believe that about yourself. And then once you start to believe it, all your actions just follow. And, and that's him. I mean, I could, I, he, he'll probably tell you at some point in time he wasn't that confident. But over the course of putting in the work, of course. If I know I'm out working everybody, I'm going to be confident also. I'm just thinking about who you come into the Bears. You've got Marty Booker, you've got David Terrell. There was a confident guy who I'm assuming put no. I, I see a look on the face here. Talk to me about David Terrell. David, David was confident, um, and David worked. David worked too, but um, he he just wasn't as good as a as a Hall of Famer um, okay. Okay. Having, right. having that confidence. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at that roster that you're coming into here. You had you had you you had Olin Krutz. Yes, there was Com- a, a really confident guy. That that that's a worker right there. Yes, and I but and then I guess. 
You you came in. It was I, you had, had Kyle um, Orton. You had Orton and and not Rex, correct? No, O three. Um, oh, O three was Cordell Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What was it like playing with him? So that's always a, a tribute question that I that I ask people. Who was the starting quarterback in two thousand three? And nobody can answer the question. Um, but There's, it was good. Cordell Cordell was a good dude. Um, he only played here for a year. He wasn't the answer. They drafted Rex that year, obviously. So um, Rex was our starting quarterback the next year. Got hurt, and um, that that just that that was the start of the quarterback carousel for me. It has been. Uh, the quarterback carousel, carousel is something that's existed in Chicago basically forever. Right. It's so hard to find a franchise quarterback, although some teams seem to make it easier than others, like the Bears. But when you, from your vantage, seeing how much pressure is put on that position and you s- having teammates and, and being alongside them in the locker room and practicing with them every day, what, from your vantage, what... What did you see in the the role of a quarterback, the ins and outs, the pressure from fans, the pressure from media? How difficult is it to actually succeed in the NFL at the at the quarterback position? Well, it's it's difficult at any position. And I played quarterback in high school, um, and I'm not comparing that to the NFL, but all eyes are on you. You're the leader. You you don't if if things go wrong, you're gonna get all of the blame. If things go right, you're gonna get all of the glory. And um especially being here in Chicago a crazy sports town. I mean, the scrutiny is um, it. It can it can it can make or break you, and um, you have to be really thick skinned to play quarterback here in Chicago. Because if you're not, and you don't come out and and do the right things right away, you're damaged for the rest of your life. <laughs> Literally. Who were you? Who are you close with on the team? Um, a few a few guys. Um. I know on the offensive side of the ball, I'll just start there. Um, Jason McKee, Moose and Muhammad, um, St. Clair, who used to be an offensive tackle here with mm-hmm. us. Um, you know, the, the Thomas Jones, um, Olin Krutz. Now there's a guy, um, Thomas Jones, that was not getting cheated. Yeah, that that's another dude who who deserved to be confident. <laughs> because mean, the work that he put in was unbelievable. I mean, he was still never understood why they traded him away. Well, it was it was stupid. It, it was, was dumb. very dumb. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got two stud running backs, and they chose they chose one, and they chose um. Cedric. That should make sense because you went to a Super Bowl with both of them, right? <laughs> and they but, moved on from them. But when you start having a little conflict within the ranks, oh. yeah, yeah, and then you're forced to choose one. Um, they, they, they chose Cedric. You can go on about the conflict that you're referring to. What exactly uh, happened? What do you mean? Well, they, those two dudes, they, they approached the game in, in different ways. Um, neither one of them wrong. Um, but you know, they, they had, they had a few, a few, um, heated moments. Um, one time they, they came to a, a, a couple of swings that was thrown and, you know, from that point, you know, as a as an organization, you look at that and you say, "Okay, what 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 do we do about this?" And then you have a guy that you drafted number four overall. Right. Of course, you're gonna go with that guy. So Cra- was crazy. this in practice or what? Did yeah, it was. It was in practice. Heated? Yeah. How often do fights break out? Because we heard about you hear about it every year or in camp. Guys are together. It's big personalities. Did Did you see that often in the NFL? Little scuffles here and there, or or serious fights. You see, you see it more in training camp um, than anywhere. Uh, once you get to the season, you really don't see it much. Uh, every now and again, you—I mean, tempers flare. You know, somebody think that somebody did something dirty, 
or um, you know, you just rolled out rolled out of the bed the wrong way that morning. And you just want to take it out on somebody. Well, it's a crazy world that you live in, right? When yeah. you're playing NFL football, you're y'all are making big dough, but your livelihood's on the line seemingly every week. Mm-hmm. You get paid to have a car crash, and you can be a nice or a few. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a nice guy, but then you got to turn it up and get yourself mentally prepared to do it. And whenever you know, we, we've talked on the radio a ton now. When you're, you know, you're you're a calm, collected, easygoing Des, but you, but there's something that you're able to dial into come game day, where you're able to, you know, do what you have to do to be successful. It's it's the competition of it. Um, here's the one thing that I went into every game thinking: whoever I'm going up against that day, at the end of the day. I don't want them in there. No, that 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 just wasn't going to happen, and that's what I thought going into the game. The one-on-one matchups that I that I had to to have the most of at the end of the game, I wanted for me and my family to say, "Hey, you had a good game against whoever," not the other way around. What uh, what was the hardest part for you transitioning from playing into now in the business world and and having the same level of if it's even possible, excitement to go out there and, and make a living in a different way that's just not as fun or and or exciting or as glamorous as playing professional football. The most difficult part of that transition was just trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Um, you, you have to – I never identified myself as just a football player. And that, that kind of irritated me sometimes when people would come up to you and talk to you and only ask you about football things. As, as my daughter would say, I'm a, I'm a whole person, <laughs> um, here. Um, and, and, um, that's the reason why I named my first book before and beyond the game because I didn't want to talk about the game. I wanted to talk about the person who was Desmond Clark, but I actually had to sit down for a couple weeks and figure it out. Um, not knowing what I wanted to do or what I was going to do, the first thing I figured out is, all right, what is, who, what am I going to be about? And I came up with my purpose statement, which I still live by today. And that purpose statement, in the first three um, words, I adopted from the coach you probably wouldn't think I adopted this from, Mike Morris. Okay. Because, you know, he didn't play me. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really care for him too much as a coach, but as a man, he had some really good. Um, as a man, he was a really good man. That's interesting. Um, but excellence, with excellence being the standard. Okay, that's the first three words. With excellence being the standard, my purpose is to enhance the lives of others through any expertise or resources that I have available to me. With respect to my family, at every opportunity, transforming strangers and associates alike into extended family members. Now, I could break all of that down, but that's what I live by now. And, Mark, we, we've been around each other long enough, and I think if I ask you the question, do you see me doing that on a daily basis, hopefully the answer would be yes. Well, that, so I that's why you know, I'm laying in bed uh, this week, and I wake up, the first thing I'm doing is checking all the social media, and I get on my LinkedIn, and there you are talking about the F, and, and, I, and I was inspired, like, okay, Carmen, let's get out of bed here. Let's not get an F today. Let's get after it, and let's move things forward as, as, and try to, as they say, you know, win the day. Win the day. Yes. And you're, you, what, what, break down everything you're doing right now for people who maybe would be just interested in, in talking to a former bear slash mm-hmm. now businessman who is out there trying to help people. 
So um, first and foremost, um, on the business side, I'm, I'm co-owner, vice president of the insurance people, um, full full insurance agency, health, life. Um, I run the property and casualty, the home, auto, and commercial um, division of that company. Uh, secondly, I'm an author. Got my second book coming out, writing it right now, Principles of Winning. And then I also do a lot of speaking engagements as a um, as a motivational, inspirational speaker, really focusing on leadership, those principles of winning that I'm writing about, and really pursuing excellence. Um, so those are the two things that really keep me busy. Besides um, trying to aggravate my daughter every now and again, and <laughs> and, and um, um, make sure that um, I'm being a good father. I love it. I love I, it, Des. I, I, I just saw uh, Martell is down in the Super Bowl, and he's you know most recently transferring out of the game. Tight end made made his way around the league a little bit. He's an interesting, dude. Too. He, he is. He got a lot of stuff that that's in front of him. He he told me that he he went to Japan on a two week sabbatical to try to find himself after he left the Packers. And you know he's he has the steps on on the what what are the what are, what do people wear to count the thing. Count your count your workout, Kevin Powell. Don't you know what this is? No, no. <laughs> you, whatever. One of those things that counts how far you've gone. Oh, so he, pedometer. Thing? Sure, whatever. Yeah. So he walked thirty-seven thousand steps on one day on a, on a Fitbit. 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 Thank you. you yes, go. you had the Fitbit on. He he did thirty-seven thousand steps, and he was. It, it basically talked about how, like, normally in, in a Green Bay Packer practice, he was so angry one day because they did thirty thousand steps in one practice, like a normal a normal practice is fifteen thousand steps. They made me do thirty thousand. I thought it was so wrong. He basically wanted to fight the whole team, but then he walked thirty seven thousand steps. <laughs> Hold and, on, and, who who even counts the steps in uh, practice? Martellus Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> Martellus <laughs> Bennett, eighty-three, was counting the steps, and he was angry about it. And whenever I would see him, by the way, covering, he would not, he he did not enjoy the, at least the practicing part of football. Right, he moping around that locker room. You could tell, like this is you might like Sundays, but you definitely don't like Wednesday right now, and you for sure want to go home, <laughs> especially uh, when you count the steps. <laughs> right, it's but the I I don't know what point I'm making here, other than the fact that like he he just he had he to had expand to his mind into the what the journey was going to be for mm-hmm. him, and you know he's he's got a he's got a book out there. But, but you know, with him, you you seen it when he was here. He was more than a football player. He was, yeah. He and was, and um, actually, it was a uh, Ray Austin who actually played here and in Green Bay. He's from Chicago. He put a post out this morning, and um, on LinkedIn. And my comment was more than an athlete, because it's a lot of athletes out here that that we got a lot of a lot of stuff going on in these brains, and not bad stuff, good stuff, like good thoughts, good good ideas, and um, yeah, it's a lot of good athletes out here that's doing some good things. And you're one of them, man. Thanks for taking time as always coming in, Des. Des Clark, former Chicago Bear, 312-981-7200. That's the phone number. KPNI coming on back at 720 WGN.